The Red Cornish Ranger presents Nerds Through Comics. Star Trek The Next Generation Doctor Who Assimilation Squared. Chapter 6 Planetoid Tau Li, a desolate rock in space. The crew of the Enterprise, the Doctor, Amy and Rory, beam down to meet with the Borg. Wow, I'm never gonna get used to that. Mr. Data, report. No sign of them yet, sir. So wait. There's no one here? That's weird. They'll come. Deception isn't really in their nature. Was this really necessary, Captain? The Borg want to cooperate. There's such a thing as an acceptable risk, Doctor. And allowing a full Borg landing party aboard the Enterprise does not fall under that category. I have them now, Captain. A Borg cube has just entered standard orbit in opposite position from the Enterprise as instructed. A green shimmer appeared, and the Borg landing party materialized. There they are. The two landing parties looked at each other over the desolate planetoid. Phaser set for maximum and automatic phase recalibration, Captain. Captain! We will not enter into this unprepared, Doctor. Acutus of Borg, we have arrived as instructed. And we have come as you have asked. What do you propose? I am Conduit. I have been designed to speak for the Collective and serve as the liaison to Lacutus during these negotiations. The Borg Collective is at risk of falling entirely under the control of the Cybermen. This cannot be allowed. Survival of the Collective is paramount. You will assist us in eradicating the Cybermen. Eradicate? Don't you mean assimilate? Assimilation of the Cybermen was attempted. It was not possible. Eradication is required. And why precisely should we get involved in this? Without your intervention, the Cybermen will completely submit the Collective. Should the Cybermen gain the full resources of the Collective, your destruction at their hands is a certainty. Do you not consider your survival essential? Indeed. And what guarantees do we have that you won't turn on us at the first available opportunity? The Borg do not guarantee. The Borg do not bargain. The Borg primary imperative is to ensure its continued existence. Existence is paramount. Since your continued existence may safeguard ours, no harm shall come to you. Mutual benefit, Captain. Our survival is their survival. Agreed. How shall we proceed? I will accompany you to provide all data necessary to eradicate the Cybermen and to provide continued communication with the Collective. Unacceptable, Captain. Even a single Borg drone aboard the Enterprise constitutes too great a risk. The other Borg drones began removing parts from the lead Borg. All components required for assimilation are being removed from my systems. The risk of assimilation from my presence will be nil. Do you find this acceptable? Mr. Data? Data got his tricorder and scanned the Borg. 
Confirm, Captain. All the systems and technology necessary to begin the assimilation process are no longer present. Very well then. Commander Riker looked at the Borg drone and realized he knew him. Oh dear God. Bertrand. Bertrand, it's you. You murderers. The doctor stepped between Commander Riker and the Borg drone. It's Marcus Bertrand, Captain of Potemkin. That man was my friend. You just had to rub it in our noses, didn't you? Come, Commander. This won't solve anything. Bertrand was assimilated when his ship was taken at Delta Four. It was believed that utilizing one you were familiar with would more easily facilitate our partnership. Are you ready to depart? Yes, let us. Cardo Enterprise, aid to beam up. In a flash of light, the away team and the Borg drone beamed up to the Enterprise. If you're a fan of Power Rangers, then hop over to YouTube and check out Review Time Productions and their Power Rangers Digital Beast. Digitize your prisms and prepare for a brand new adventure. A different take on Power Rangers that's absolutely brilliant. And stay tuned to Review Time Productions and even my channel because there is a lot more coming. Hope you enjoy. We need to meet immediately to coordinate a plan of action. Agreed. Worf, let us take this to the briefing room. Meeting rooms are relevant. Information can be conveyed and exchanged anywhere. Very well. Then some answers first. What precisely happened to the Borg Cybermen Alliance? When the Borg were first contacted by the Cybermen, the Collective was intrigued. The Cybermen had made great effort to cross-dimension space to propose the Alliance, impressing the Collective with their technology and their dedication. Both sides recognized in each other common principles and methods. Negotiations were ultimately successful. The combined fleet that recently invaded Federation space was our first joint effort. What went wrong? The first effort to merge Borg and Cybermen cultures was intentionally successful. Both sides, we thought, were entrusted in a mutual assimilation of strength of the others creating a new collective of a higher power. Ultimately, that effort of unification failed. Both sides realized that in the deepest reaches of their communal consciousness, each side would seek to ultimately upend and dominate the alliance. Infighting began within elements of the shared cybernetic network and break out into physical conflict. The trigger for the final betrayal of the Borg collective by the Cybermen was the detection of a Time Lord. You. You are the Doctor. The Time Lord. Me? What did I have to do with this? As our fleet chased the Enterprise into the nebula, the Cybermen detected on board this ship the Time Lord and his vessel. The Cybermen were very concerned that the presence of the Time Lord in this universe would introduce a random powerful element that could disrupt their plans for domination. Just as tension within the Alliance were reaching a climax, the Cybermen found a weakness in the Borg Collective. The Cybermen then gained access to and overwrite the exclusive library routines in Collective Core Memory. As a result, 
the Borg had been stripped of their higher functions and all decision-making facilities. The Collective is currently rendered mostly inert. The Cyber Controller has successfully locked down the Collective through the network nexus on his ship. How devious. Just like the Cybermen to do something like that. Now the Cybermen race towards the Borg homeworld to permanently convert the Collective to their will. From the homeworld, the Cyber Controller will be able to completely finalise the conversion of the resources network and drone population of the entire Collective. The Borg will cease to exist and the Cybermen will be triumphant. The Cybermen were convinced that if they could complete this task before the Time Lord realised what they had in mind, there will be no stopping them. They may well be right about that. They've masked their steps so well that I have been all along a step behind them, and the Cybermen, with the full resources of the Borg Collective, may well be insurmountable. The question, Conduit, how are you yourself functioning without those executive routines? I operate as the Conduit only as a final desperate effort on the path of a splintered group from the Collective, undetected by the Cybermen, to piece together and root some spare decision-making and intervention routines from non-essential parts of the Collective Network. These resources are dwindling, however, and my time remaining for independent action and intervention is certainly limited. Can you not recover the Borg Executive Library from an archive or protected backup? The Cybermen were extremely thorough in their efforts. They have systematically destroyed every version of the exclusive library. Perhaps the Time Lord can help with this. Perhaps, indeed. We offer our assistance in all the ways that are available to us. It is to your benefit, as well as ours, that the Borg Collective be freed from Cyberman control. I think I see what you're getting at, Captain Picard. I think I see our plan. We need to catch up with the Cyber Controller's ship, free the Borg from the Cyber Control by restoring their exclusive library and stopping the Cybermen from reaching the Borg homeworld. All well and good, Doctor. But where exactly are you going to find a pristine copy of the Borg Executive Library? Tell me, Captain, does Starfleet have any records of Pacific Borg coordinates in the past? Pacific places where we know a Borg vessel was at a given time? Exact coordinates? Unfortunately, yes. The Battle of Wolf 359, the place where the Federation lost 39 starships. Bad Wolf? Yet again. I beg your pardon? Nothing, Captain. Merely echoes of past losses. Alright then, we have a plan to help out our Borg friend here, but we still need to figure out some other things. How are we going to catch up with the Cyber Controller's ship? They've got quite a lead on us. Your vessel's engines are inferior. Borg knowledge can ensure that we catch up with it. We'll introduce you to our chief engineer. This will be an interesting partnership for Jordy, at least. He'll also make sure that any of your improvements don't have any hidden surprises. Our weapons will be no match for that ship, and it will undoubtedly have the notoriously effective Borg shields. Your chief engineer will also be provided with information that will enable your weapons to be effective against Borg shield. There we go, Captain. It seems our new partner is full of ideas. The Conduit is making a full contribution to this cooperative endeavor. I am cautiously optimistic. There's one more thing that concerns me. The 
conduit may help us make sure we can defend against the Borg technology. But what about the Cybermen themselves? They're vulnerable to gold, Captain, but we'll need a lot of it. Even your replicators might not be enough. I have an idea. Have you been teleported to the past? Or de-aged to look like a kid again? Or have you delivered a message to some strange woman who asks questions all the time? And are you stuck? Well called TARDIS Taxis. The taxi service that don't get you where you want to go, but where you need to go. To book TARDIS Taxis, simply call the number in last week's paper. Bookings are six months in advance. We cannot rearrange your booking, as it may rip a hole in the space-time continuum. Refunds are at the discretion of the Time Lords. Call TARDIS Taxis, and we will get you home one day. Back to action! Back on the ocean planet Naya 7, Captain Picard, the Doctor, Counselor Troy, and Mr. Worf transported down to the mining facility. Magnificent! What a sight! No wonder you come here so often. This is not a leisure stop, Doctor. Our business here is due to the ongoing difficult circumstances. Well, regardless, it's quite a sight to see. Simply marvellous. Fortuitous that this had been our previous stop. Before all this began, luck was on our side. Something we have had precious little of. Time is at a premium right now. I indicate our urgency to the commander, Captain. Someone should be here any moment. As she said this, Lieutenant Amato came walking down the ramp to the landing party. My apologies, Captain. I got here as quickly as I could. Thank you, Lieutenant. I'll get directly to the point. I'm here on an urgent mission and executing a Priority 1 material mandate. We need gold, and in great quantity. What can you do to help us? Well, we have a very small amount in our storage facility, but nothing you could not replicate yourself. I take it you need much more than that. Oh yes, much, much more, Lieutenant. Well, Captain, I think you know that the gold is one of the embargoed minerals, according to our agreement with the Dai. There is plenty of gold on this planet, but you'll have to talk to them about it. Right. This is what I expected. Lieutenant, would you summon their leader for me? I believe it was Silos that I spoke with earlier. Certainly, Captain. Lieutenant Amato took a small device out and pressed a button. Do they take long to respond? We are pressed for time. No, not at all. In fact, they seem to know when someone has transported down and will often come by to investigate or make greetings often. I'm surprised how quickly they... Just then, an aquatic person climbed up to the platform. Hello again, Captain. It's good to see you again. Please, let me introduce you to my ship's counselor, Deanna Troy, and companion, the Doctor. Silos, I've come to ask a favor. They began to tell Silos exactly what is going on and what they need to stop the Cybermen. Captain, I can... Scarcely believe what you are asking of my people. You understand that the monetary system of my people is entirely linked to a gold standard. Do you not realize the hardship this would create the potential for economical catastrophe? We do see loss. We would never ask something like this if the cause were not so important and the stakes so high. My people have already provided our Federation so many resources for our planet, Captain. 
And while I very much appreciate the threat you have described to me, I don't see how I can possibly ask my people to make this sort of sacrifice. Silos, we will make every effort to compensate your people. Silos, I think I understand the situation you're in here. Yours is a small society compared to the Federation, and you did not agree to this initial alliance lightly, if I'm not mistaken. I could tell you that you should help us, for strategic advantage. I could explain to you how helping us now would give you enormous leverage in future negotiations with the Federation, and that would be true. Or, I could tell you how helping us now would help you and your people in the long run. I know that your people faced some hard times before the Federation came here, and now you could earn the heartfelt gratitude of thousands of worlds. And I could suggest that you personally could benefit politically from helping us raise your stature here and across the galaxy. And that would be true. Or I could tell you that helping us would ensure the safety of billions across countless worlds, beings who otherwise would be lost or enslaved, converted into soulless automatons without free will or the prospect of happiness. And that would also be true. What do you say? This is Mark, the Red Cornish Ranger, and one of the Three Range Bros Studios. Along with Ty Tiger with Tiger Tales on YouTube, Cosby Dude 637 with Storytime and Universe 19, and my podcast, Nerds Through Comics. Also, check out the Zeo to Hero Network with Zeo to Hero, hosted by Billy and Jim, the Balkan Scholar Podcast, Ben the Baker Ranger with Baker Ranger Movie Talks, plus the partners of Zeo to Hero. You can check them all out on TikTok and Instagram. And check out Review Time Productions with Digital Beasts and Hunter Time Productions. Both are on YouTube. All podcasts are on multiple platforms, so you can listen to them anywhere. And finally, a shout out to the cast of Nerds Through Comics. You know who you are, and thank you for helping. Now, back to action. Later back on the Enterprise, Captain Picard, Commander Riker, Amy, Rory, and the Doctor rushed down to the holodeck, where the TARDIS was parked. We should accompany you, Doctor. Agreed, the Battle of Wolf 359 was a volatile, brutal encounter. Absolutely not. Crossing your own timeline is more than a bad idea. It's the mother of all bad ideas. It's the bad idea that bad ideas have when they're not thinking straight could crap the whole of space and time right down the middle. Trust me, we'll be right back. The Doctor shut the door and the TARDIS dematerialized. Trust him? Do you trust him yet, Captain? Hmm. What choice do we have, number one?
Amy leaned onto the console and stared at the doctor. He tried to ignore her, but couldn't. What is it, Pond? I can feel the expression on your face. You've got that scrunched up, I have a bone to pick with the doctor, even though it's always turns out he knows what he's doing, and maybe I shouldn't bother him expression, haven't you? You lied to Captain Picard. That whole business about no crossing your own timelines is a load of rubbish. Years. That's right, you've done it plenty of times. You even allowed that Sardak character to meet his younger self on our honeymoon. Yes, a minor prevarication in the scheme of things. It's just that where we're going, the things we may see, I think it's not the sort of thing a man should have to live through twice. Once was tragic enough. funny. Here, like ozone or an air filter. Not the most inviting of surroundings, are they? Let's get what we've come for and make our departure, shall we? The quicker, the better. Do you even know where we're going? Of course I do, Pond. Mostly. Luckily, that charming android fella gave me one of these to help with the directions. A little clunky, but reliable. The, the tricorder, that is, not the android. Although, he seems very reliable, come to think of it. As they came around the corner, Amy came face to face with a Borg drone. <coughs> Amy? Relax, Amy. It's like they don't even realize we're here. Okay, now that's just creepy. Not two feet from them, Borg drones went about their duties, completely unaware of their three guests. As long as we don't interfere with them. Yes, we're beneath their notice. Come along, Pons. If I'm reading this correctly, we should be getting close. Doctor, take a look in here. Is that...? I'm afraid so. Standing in front of a view screen watching over the battle was a Borg drone. But unlike any drone they had seen, this drone was made for one reason. To assist the Collective assimilate the Federation. His name is Lacutus the assimilated form of Captain Picard. It's Captain Picard himself, enslaved to the Collective. I can imagine no worse a fate. Still, as with the others, so long as we don't interfere with his duties directly, we should go unnoticed. Then Lacutus turned the red light on his head, pointed directly at the Doctor's face. Oh dear. The narrator and Lieutenant Worf was played by Ben the Baker Ranger. The Doctor, Borg Drone and Silos, Mark the Red Cornish Ranger. Amy Pond, Cosplay Wife 637. Rory Williams, Cosplay Dude 637. Captain Picard, V. Commander Riker, A-Crown 39. Commander Data, Ghost Galaxy Cosplay. Councillor Deanna Troy, Foxy Who, Lieutenant Amato, Valor Midnight. <laughs>